every teacher should have a procedure for beginning class. Most opening class procedures share some common elements, what to do with materials, how or when to sit down, and getting started on bell work or an activator. I've been teaching procedures for about 20 years, but this summer I made one small tweak in my format that promises to pay big dividends. Hello colleagues, and welcome to the Assistant Principal Podcast. I'm your host, Frederick Buskey. The goal of this podcast is to help improve life and leadership for assistant principals. Today's episode focuses on the importance of identifying clear goals for our procedures. But before we go any further, I want to remind you about our free microjournal, Quadrant 2. Issues of Quadrant 2 come out every three to four weeks. The five-page issues take a deeper look at topics that we address on this podcast. For example, last week we released Issue 2, which focused on how to implement the four patterns of observation in your school. Each issue includes nuts and bolts of implementation, discussion questions for your team, and even a section on how to apply the techniques if you're working in isolation. You can find a subscription link on my website at frederickbuskey.com backslash quadrant two. As a bonus, if you subscribe this week, you'll be able to download the first two issues of quadrant two so you won't have missed any opportunities to learn and grow. So let's get to celebrations. This is the first podcast I'm recording in a couple of weeks as I just got back from my trip to Kenya. My biggest takeaway is how similar we all are. Our struggles are pretty much the same. We're trying to raise families, pursue our dreams, and build better communities. We may look and sound different, and our families, dreams, and communities may take different forms, but we all want the same thing. And in a time of divisiveness in the world and here at home, it's worth remembering that people are people. We need to treat each other based on our commonalities, not on how our political and social leaders tell us we should treat others. Okay, today's big idea. We know the reasons why each procedure we teach is important. But by being more thoughtful and more explicit about the actual goals that we want to achieve, we can make small but powerful tweaks to our procedures. My passion for procedures goes back to the very beginnings of my teaching career. I attended my teacher licensing program at Ohio State University, and I had two professors that had literally written the book and done all of the initial research on how to manage physical education spaces, gymnasiums, fields, etc. The practice and training that I received in that program allowed me to successfully work with groups of 35 or 40 kids at a time with minimal space and minimal equipment. And ever since then, I've been really passionate about procedures. When I left the physical education setting and moved into teaching middle school history, I had to adapt my procedures. And it was only after I figured out how to do that successfully that I was able to have much stronger, more effective classrooms and relationships with kids. I also spent seven years coordinating entry-year teacher programs. And Developing strong classroom procedures was always a big focus in those programs. In 
Finally, my present obsession with classroom procedures comes from watching how poor procedural classrooms prevent leaders from growing teachers because those leaders are overwhelmed with discipline issues. If we can help all of our teachers become strong classroom managers through implementing great classroom procedures, that will save us time and allow us to reinvest it in continuing to support teacher growth. So good procedures decrease discipline referrals, and even a one referral decrease in a week yields an average of five minutes a day that you can invest in growing teachers. That's enough time to make a difference with a new, struggling, or even a veteran teacher. As I said, I've been working with classroom procedures for a long time. I've been teaching teachers and administrators about them for about 20 years. And during all of that time, I've always taught that a good classroom procedure has five components. A title or name, one to five steps, key words for each step, an acronym for the steps, and a graphic, although the necessity of that varies with age. In prepping for a workshop with a middle school teaching staff in August, I realized that I should be better about emphasizing the why, the goals of a procedure. I began by looking at a sample routine for entering class. The procedure had four parts. Sit, arrange your stuff, write based on a prompt, and stand when finished. I called it SAWS. Sit, arrange, write, stand. The goals of a beginning class procedure are obvious. It saves time. In fact, if we can get started in 60 seconds instead of 180 seconds, we can save 300 minutes over the course of a year. That's over a week of class time. But as I began writing this goal, others naturally appeared. Before I go further, I'm going to give you 10 seconds of silence to think about the goals of a good beginning class routine. Besides saving time, what else should the procedure achieve? Okay, hopefully you've come up with a couple of things. Here's what I came up with. One, it should connect the teachers and the students. Two, it should maximize learning time. Three, minimize distractions and behaviors. Fourth, it should empower students to be responsible for their own learning. Fifth, it should focus students on learning. And then sixth, it should ideally begin an anticipatory set for the coming lesson. But what I was most excited about was that first goal, connecting the students and the teacher. Sure, the teacher can check in with students, but what if, as part of a procedure, we directed students to check in with the teacher? What if every class began with every student making some kind of contact with the teacher? How cool would that be? How humanizing could it be? Most teachers have one or more students that need that connection and for whom the teacher should know the student's emotional state. Making a small tweak to an opening class procedure creates an opportunity for that. And so I added a step to my sample procedure. 
the first thing students do is to say hello to the teacher. Now, what hello looks like may vary with the teacher and the students, but here are some options. Actually say hello. Give a fist bump or a thumbs up or share one thing that happened in the past 24 hours or have students flash a number of fingers to indicate their emotional strength or state. For example, one is terrible, I need to talk to somebody. Five is excellent. Maybe I'm being silly here. Maybe most teachers already do this, but if they do, I haven't seen it. So I'm going to hold on to this idea of it being a good idea. Here's what I'd like you to take away from this episode. Think about the multiple goals and opportunities that exist within each procedure. Begin observing procedures at work in classrooms and challenge yourself to find opportunities to achieve more with any given procedure. Finally, engage your teachers in informal discussions. Tell them you've been doing some PD on procedures that have made you think about the goals behind each procedure. Review a procedure with the teacher and work together to identify explicit goals. As always, the challenge in following up on this idea is priority management. Without being intentional and prioritizing teacher development, you'll be too busy to follow up. Maybe try this. Try taking time during the first hour of the school day to check in on some teachers' beginning class procedures and then have a brief conversation with them after the kids have left the building but before the teachers have left. Make it a priority for a few minutes over the course of a few days. That wraps up today's content-focused episode. We'll be back next week with Josh Stamper talking about the concrete steps he took as an AP implementing restorative practices in a Texas middle school. This was a great discussion and a great episode and you're not going to want to, <laughs> and you're not going to want to miss it. If you're interested in restorative practices, you might go back and listen to episode 20 with Dr. Gabby Grant where we discuss the challenges and prerequisites to implementing restorative practices. That also was a great episode, one that actually made it onto our greatest hits list from our first 50 episodes. If you enjoyed today's show, as always, please subscribe and rate this podcast. You can ask questions, make requests, and give us feedback at frederick at frederickbuskey.com. If you'd like more content tailored towards the needs of assistant principals, you can head over to my website at frederickbuskey.com. And remember to subscribe to our free microjournal Quadrant 2. If you subscribe now, you'll receive access to last week's issue on implementing the four patterns of observation. I'll also include my sample entering class routine for your enjoyment. That wraps up today's show. I'm Frederick Buskey, and I hope you'll join me next time for the Assistant Principal Podcast. Cheers.